who tries okay. to weasel well, his way out. Which I was like, mm. um, that's how printers work. Um, I think <laughs> that's uh, true. As somebody who works with printers uh, regularly. <laughs> Uh, printers don't just, uh, you know, printers typically make the same mistake on every copy you send to it. So I don't know. I got it. This is another strike. Welcome to the loop podcast where two everyday managers share their opinions on becoming a better leader on this episode. We are in the holiday spirit, guys, and the holiday spirit means it's time for a fun one. We watched the holiday classic, Elf, uh, and we are going to talk about what that has to do with leadership, if at all. Uh, To do that, we're joined by some very special guests, Jen and Sarah, from the Movies and Us podcast. And we'd like to start this one off with kind of an homage to y'all's podcast. Uh, Will you please introduce yourselves with your one-sentence summary of Elf? Awesome. Yes. Hello. Hello. We are so excited to be here. We're excited to get into the holiday spirit with y'all and talk about Elf and some leadership principles. Uh, My name is Jen, uh, Jennifer Hahn, but I go by Jen. And my one sentence summary for Elf is he's the governor of the North Pole, CEO of Christmas and number one in our hearts, vote clause 2024. (laughs) Oh, amazing. Love it. Uh, My name is Sarah Callen also of the Movies and Us podcast. And thanks for having us on. This is going to be so fun to talk about, Elf. Uh, My one sentence summary is, believing in people has magical properties. Mm. Oh, so good. Wow. Dylan. Warms my heart. I'm Dylan. And all that I could think of was the syrup just stuck in my mind. So I think syrup is a great analogy as being as sticky as buddies love. Oh boy. Oh my gosh. Um, And uh, my my name's Trey Garbers. And if if you're looking for the childlike wonder of a magical Christmas elf, I I don't know if this is the place to start, but uh, there's something going on there. Uh, uh, This is the Loop Leadership Podcast. Uh, uh, let's, Let's get into it. Okay, well, welcome everybody to, uh, uh, again, the Loop Leadership Podcast. As I said today, we're discussing Elf the Movie. Uh, I said a holiday classic with a question mark behind it because um, this this movie seems to have uh, snuck into all of uh, a lot of top Christmas movies that I've, I've seen recently. Um, so maybe we start with kind of a whip around of like, what do we is this a movie is this movie a classic is this a favorite movie a holiday movie uh, of of each of yours to watch every christmas or or what do we think just in general i have been arguing to sarah recently that elf is indeed a classic and uh, upon rewatch noticing that it's 20 years old at this point wow i think i think 20 years is a good time frame to officially be put into like the classic category okay I agree. I heard that question mark behind classic when you introduced it, Trey, and I was like, I think this deserves that word. Yes, I I agree. Um, I think it is for like people that have grown up in the last 20, 30 years. I think I remember watching this um, as a kid and like this is a movie that I think folks, the family will come around for. It's got the laughs. It's got the warm and fuzzies. It's got all of that. Um, I think that the older, older generation, so like our grandparents' age, they're probably like, what, what is Elf? I don't know. Maybe they've seen it with the family. But I think squarely it is becoming a classic for our generation and the younger ones for sure. 
Uh, I am going to be the party pooper and the snobby person. Uh, to Bring me, it. This is, not, this is not old enough yet, in my opinion, for it to be a classic. But I am that like movie snob type person who's like, no, a classic is like something like Casablanca that came out many, many years ago. So I just I don't think that this has had enough time to be elevated to classic status, though it is a very good movie still and i'm i was impressed upon rewatch just how fun this is and how good it looks considering that it came out 20 years ago and i think that's just a testament to john favreau and the whole production team for using as much practical effects and like camera trickery and things instead of relying on cgi and i think that helps makes make this makes this seem like it will become a classic for some it's already a classic but this really has stood the test of time. And uh, for me, it's just not quite old enough yet to be in that classic category. That's fair. I, I may, my party pooper pants may be a little fuller than yours. I think, <laughs> yeah, I don't, sorry. Sorry for that uh, uh, graphic imagery up top. I Let me set my dinner down. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you're right that the, uh, Sarah, that this may, you know, will become a classic if not already you know, over time, I, I, I don't think I like this movie guys. I'm so sorry. I, I'm going to try not to be cynical. Wow. I know, I know gasps all around. I don't, <laughs> I, I'm going to try not to be cynical, but it's going to be, it's going to sneak in here. Um, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of really good jokes and bits and stuff. Um, and maybe I'm being a little snobby myself, but, uh, I, I, I will say, I do think it definitely holds uh, a place in a lot of people's hearts. Um, whether or not that is deserved, I don't know. We'll, we'll maybe dig into, but um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's, it's a, it's classic ish. It's bordering on classic. So we, we can at least start there. Um, but we can all agree that it is a, a shining example of textbook leadership. Yeah. So that was my first question. Why did we pick this movie? <laughs> <laughs> Why is this the leadership uh, uh, holiday movie? Dylan, do you want to, do you want to take that one? So uh, we wanted to do something fun for Christmas and we were like, well, the Christmas movie, that was an easy thing to like, you know, come to mind. Yeah. And when I started running through my list of like Christmas movies, uh, classics, mind you, uh -huh. um, the one that like kept sticking in my mind is like, oh, they've got leadership in this. They've got leadership in this was Elf. And I'm excited to hear y'all's thoughts, but like I've got quite a bit that I, I took away from it from a leadership standpoint of both like good and bad. So mm -hmm. I'm, I, I, you know, if I think of serious leadership, I think of Will Ferrell. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I want to work for you. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I do want to say real quick, one thing, as I was pulling up um, to your house, uh, Dylan, peek behind the curtain. Do you know that Elf is, or Elf, do you know that Buddy is next door? Yes, I do. There's yeah. a life-size cutout of Buddy in the yard next door. Uh, it kind of freaked me out a little bit. I'm not going to lie to you. And he's like in full screaming uh, pose. <laughs> I think that when, when companies are making Christmas decor, like outdoor Christmas decor themed around a movie, I, perhaps that is the indicator. It is a classic. Okay. All right. That's, no, that's fair. That's fair. I'll, I'll give you that. We'll put There's Halloween uh, costumes too, you yeah. know? Okay. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, if you guys can just convince me that it's a classic by the end of this, I'll be okay. I don't know if you're <laughs> going to convince me that I like the movie overall, but I, I may, I may concede to it being a classic. Huh. All right. 
let's let's hope for the best. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, I'm trying to. I'm going to try not to be the Grinch here, but uh, well, well, let's get started uh, at the uh, at the beginning. Unless Dylan, do you want to d- jump right into uh, leadership stuff, or do we want to pick the movie apart? How do we want to do this? Uh, yeah. So I, I, <laughs> so I obviously took notes like chronologically, and I, I'm kind of yeah. curious to hear people's thoughts of like who are the leaders that we see in the movie? Like what are the ones that stand out to you, both good and bad? But before any of that, I loved right in the opening, Papa Elf is like kind of somewhat like, like, like uh, managerially, like explaining the different jobs that the elves have. And Mm -hmm. he's explaining how like (laughs) all the different facets, like interconnect and how everybody comes together to make Christmas happen. And it cuts away to these elves working like late at night. It's dark and he goes, lazy bum couldn't even make a clog. And it, <laughs> it just cracked me up. Cause I, I feel like that happens so much. Just like shop talk, you know, uh, but just the disconnect from like the C-suite to the reality of the front line. Yeah. Bob yeah. Newhart. We're a, like the tech young. consulting company that comes in and business consulting and, and pop elf has given us the lowdown of how things are going, you know, right. <laughs> this is how our businesses run. And then you talk to the people on the ground and they're like overworked chaos, no right. direction, no priorities. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Yes. That, that gave me a chuckle. But, um, aside from that distraction and random thought I had, um, I don't know. Did y'all take away like particular, like were there, were there certain characters that stood out as like, Ooh, this is a leadership example. So I jotted my notes down into categories of good examples and bad examples. So I'm intrigued to hear how y'all were kind of picking moments. But I think one thing that was surprising to me as the movie ended was that there are actually a lot of characters that showcase good leadership and badder leadership moments, and they're often within the same character. And so the mm-hmm. the one character that I thought had all around like really great leadership moments was Claus 2024, our man Santa. Um, but I thought on the whole, some of these characters, there were moments where they were really leaning into some really great principles and some that weren't. Particularly, um, there were some with the manager at Gimbal's that I yes. thought was interesting. Oh. Yeah, both good and bad moments for him. And then also mm-hmm. uh, Walter as well. And there were some at the end there where I was like, that's actually a really great leadership principle, even in a character that is grouchy for most of the movie. But he comes around. He comes around. He does. He has he has some uh, some some growth there. Um, it was it was good to see. Sarah, were there any that stood out to you? Yeah, I think this time I was obviously watching for those leadership principles, and there's a ton in this movie, which I was honestly yes. not expecting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I I think something that stood out to me is actually at the end. Uh, you know, when they're trying to save Christmas and it's just not working, there's not enough holiday spirit and it's Jovi and then uh, Walter's wife Mm. who step up and lead the crowd in singing. And so I just loved that moment of like, uh, even though they're not the main focus of the film, they really do help save Christmas just because they see that need and they step up and they're vulnerable. And even though they know that everybody's going to be watching them and they are uncomfortable, they step up, they need to do, they do what needs to be done in order to save Christmas. And I just, I loved that moment. It's so vulnerable, but it's also so relatable because sometimes it's like, well, nobody else is going to lead. I'm going to lead. Let's do this. And that's what these two women did. The reluctant leader. Yeah, I, I really like that as well. Um, who, you know, Jovi mentions, I don't sing or I sing, but I don't sing in front of people or I can sing, but I don't sing in front of people. 
Um, and she made the step to literal step up onto the sleigh to sing in front of everybody. And then you got Mary Steenburgen, who I love, um, you know, Back to the Future 3, um, uh, uh, Clara, uh, who uh, I forget her last name. Anyway, she almost falls in the ravine. Anyway, um, I love Mary Steenburgen. I don't think she sings well in this. <laughs> so I think no, that even, even more so she's yeah. like stepping yeah. way out of her comfort zone um, to kind of craggle out this, 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 uh, this second uh, uh, part to the, to the sing along, uh, which, you know, yeah, definitely shows true leadership of like, we gotta, we gotta, you know, wrangle this crowd and, and hopefully get them to sing to get more spirit into the clausometer. And here's what I loved about both of those examples of those two ladies is they weren't like, like we talk so much about like people uh, being leaders of people and having like official like management roles. But these people were clearly like being effective leaders of people without any title, authority, whatever. They just read the moment, read the room and took the courageous step to, you know, go out. Yeah, that was one of the moments that I jotted down too. And I thought what was so great is that they don't give a like a manifesto, a speech to the crowd before yeah. doing it. They really just, just do it. jump in, model it, they get in the ring and there isn't this like who and hawing about it, um, which I think you would see in some movies where she gives a whole speech about how we need to save Christmas. No, she just gets up there and quietly at first and kind of timidly, mm -hmm. but just models it and uh, the rest follow. There was no words needed necessarily. She just does. And I might've read way too much into her singing, but like that one scene of her singing is kind of a microcosm for like the life of a manager. I feel like at least a good one, because oh, to your point, starts off singing very timidly. It's kind of like I don't know. I don't know if this is working. Is this a good idea? Um, yeah, yeah. But but clearly, as she's singing that first, like um, um, I don't know musical terms, but before the chorus, um, she's singing that first Verse. first. Thank you. Um, I know the word verse. Why did I not think of that? Um, <laughs> it's clearly resonating with people, right? Because they eventually chime in, but you have to lay that foundation and go through those minor steps, get people comfortable. Um, but finally, some people start latching on and joining in singing with her. So then you kind of get into that middle phase of like, people are seeing the the vision, they're going in the same direction, everybody's chiming in for the song. But then you, you do have like Walter Hobbs at the end not wanting to chime in, but it's not the orchestrator of the song that's like, hey, there's some people not singing, y'all need to get it together. She built essentially this like mini culture that, you know, not really, I guess there's also the father-son relationship, but but I like my example anyway of, of by the end, it's like the, the people in the crowd are like policing themselves and holding each other accountable because they all want the song to sound good and to charge up that, you know, clausometer. <laughs> I think it's a good little, little microcosm. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's very good. I love it. And then one of my other points that I jot down for Jovi as an example of a leader is that I'll, the, I mean, the whole course of this movie is basically uh, people recognizing and seeing Buddy for all of the great traits that he has, and then kind of their hearts warming because of that, right? And out of everyone, the father, even Michael, even the wife, Jovi, I think, is one of the first people that really sees what makes Buddy so special. She sees his superpowers, and she sees the ways that he is wired and celebrates them. And I 
I think that is a super important trait for a leader, especially the manager of a team is to recognize and see past uh, the maybe exterior, the rough around the edges parts of um, the people on your team and see where they're really wired to be so effective, so inspiring for the group and cultivate those and encourage those. And she's one of the first people that sees past his, you know, um, different exterior and sees him for all of that he can be. And I loved that for her. So Jovi, we, we, so in our very first, uh, which also I just want to say real quick, there's a note that I put, uh, seeing Zoe Deschanel as a blonde throws me off every time. Every time I see this movie, I'm like, oh, I forget she's in this <laughs> yes. because yep. I'm not used to seeing her as a blonde and it throws me off. Um, that has nothing to do with anything. Um, so in our, one of our very first episodes, maybe our first episode, uh, we talked about leaders in fiction and movies and TVs. And we had this kind of this scale of, Good leader, good guy, bad leader, bad guy. Uh, apologies for being, you know, gender specific, but you know, good by good guy, bad guy is kind of a movie, uh, a trope, or you know, a, a, a fiction trope. So, do we think, uh, Jovi? I mean, I think we can all say, good leader, good guy. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Heart of gold. Yes. Yep. We will have to assign this to every other person we mentioned. So just keep that. Ah. In mind. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm taking. I'm taking good notes. Cool. Good notes. Good leader. Good notes. <laughs> I, I do think it was very lucky for Buddy to stumble into her. Not well, that's first of all, that weird. Um, stumble into her singing by herself. A uh, or at first, I thought it was weird. She's singing a a dual part song, a duo, a duet, um, but only <laughs> singing one half of it, um, mm-hmm. so that Buddy can like creep into the bathroom <laughs> and sing along with her. The stars aligned. Well, hang on though, because at first I was like, what a weird thing to do. And then I was like, oh, I do that. I like, I will, I will 100% cop to, uh, you know, singing only the voice to men half of one sweet day or something like that. Um, so I'm just, you know, I'm being vulnerable here. Anything else on <laughs> Jovi? Nope. Okay, great. I'm, I'm trying to think of ways in which I could like hear what's going on, like in your apartment. See if I can like <laughs> chime in for a random solo some evening. Well, that's what I'm hoping is that uh, if I'm singing half these harmonies, some will just somebody somebody will just stumble in. I don't want it to be you necessarily, Dylan, but um, I appreciate the thought. Um, okay, anybody else that stood out as a uh, uh, showing any qualities of leadership, good or bad? Let's talk about my guy Santa. Yeah. What? what? You said Clause 2024. Clause 2024. He has so many great leadership moments throughout this movie. Um, I'll touch on a couple of them. Let's start from the beginning of the movie. He says to his elves, we've had a great year and it's time to prepare prepare for the new one. Um, and so I think there's two aspects there. One is yeah. he's celebrating the wins with his team, with his organization, with his employees and celebrating all of the hard work and the effort that they put in to make all of the toys for Christmas this year. And he's generating energy for the next year to come. Um, So I thought that that was kind of a really great moment of like good leaders know how to celebrate all of the big moments, but also all of the small moments as well. And then they're also encouraging and inspiring the team to look towards the next year and kind of create energy and direction. So um, that was one of the moments at the beginning of the movie. Um, there's then the next moment, this is again, only like 20 minutes to the movie. Okay. So Santa's just knocking out these leadership moments from the beginning, but he is, um, telling buddy 
that his father's buddy's father is on the naughty list and he does Mm. it in such a warm and gentle way but also he's not hiding any of the truth so it's not like buddy doesn't know that and goes to new york and finds that out he's kind of giving him the full truth and the information and Mm. and he does that lovingly and so i thought that there was a really great moment there around delivering hard messages but doing them in a way that is empathetic and keeps the human at the center um and he also leaves him with like a little bit of hope and optimism when he says no one's too far gone from the christmas spirit so that was another one that happens within the first 15 to 20 minutes of the movie i'll pause there and see if y'all have thoughts i've got a whole list for santa (laughs) (laughs) those are two really good examples yeah Trey is a former and maybe even current Santa. What do you got? Uh, well, listen, I mean, I think we all know how this <laughs> works to quote Home Alone. One, uh, you know, I'm just one of the guys that helps him out um, from time to time. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I will say to your first point, um, I'm not sure what their PTO schedule is at the North Pole. Um, <laughs> that is a fair point. <laughs> it, it, it did seem like it was just like, all right, it's the it's it's the night of Christmas or the day after. Let's get started on next year. So I would have liked <laughs> to have seen a little more time off in between mm-hmm. uh, uh, the end of the year into the next one. Um, but you're right, very motivational. Uh, you know, hey, rally the team, let's get started. I, I like that a lot. Yeah, I had the same thought as you, Trey. I was watching and I was like, oh my gosh, that's so great. He's motivating them. He's encouraging and inspiring them. This is awesome. But then I was also like, wait a second. (laughs) He stopped their celebration to say, hey, let's get back to work. Back to work. Okay. But I I do appreciate how how motivating he is and how excited, even though mm-hmm. their celebration is stopped, they are excited to go back to work. So so he has been able to cultivate that culture around them where everybody is excited, they are invested, they are ready to work. So even if their celebration is not as long as maybe they wanted it to be, there's still so much joy in doing the work. And I believe that Santa probably has a great deal of input in creating that culture. So I totally agree with with Sarah on the like it it was weird for me the it's time to start preparations for next Christmas mm-hmm. um, but I think there's something to be said about the culture the elf workshop culture that has been built um, and I don't I don't want to sidetrack so let's I'm, I'm gonna put a pin in that I've got it on my notes we'll we'll be back but like I I think sometimes like we as leaders can be um, like Santa but maybe in a bad way. Because it's like, uh, you don't celebrate the wins enough. It's like, eh, okay, yeah, it was good. But we got to get ready for the next thing. Like, keep going, you know, and it just deflates people. But because Santa or or um, Papa Elf, one of the two has built, like, this great culture, as soon as Santa's like, time to start preparations for next Chris, everybody's like, yeah, you know, they're pumped. It's like, he's still feeding that need and energy mm-hmm. for them, and they're all motivated by it. But, um, you know, you have to do a lot of work, I think, as a leader to build that culture and excitement to, you know, Everybody seemed just as excited to go for the next year as they were to finish what, you know, the the, the prior year. Um, but yeah, Santa, I think, is is definitely up there. I, I would say good leader, good guy. You can't call Santa a bad guy. Good leader, good, uh, magical guy, yeah. Ma- Ooh. <laughs> New category. Uh, I, I, I would like to hear the rest of this. Or I don't know. If, I don't know how long the list is, Jen, but I, I mean, do you have anything else you'd like to to uh, uh any other stockings you'd like to hang on santa's mantle 
Oh gosh. Yeah, I'll I'll share one more. Um, and it's at the end of the movie when the Santa sleigh is broken and he expresses very clearly that he has a need and he asks for help. So he asks Buddy and he says, I need an elf's help. I think Buddy replies to him something along the lines of like, I'm not an elf, Santa. I can't do anything right. And Santa basically speaks to his identity and inspiring him by saying, Buddy, you're more of an elf than anyone I've ever met. So I think there's two aspects here. One is this leader can clearly ask for help and then identify the person that has the giftings and the strengths in that area to fulfill that need. Um, there's a humility in being able to ask for help as a leader and not just having the answers or giving out directives, but saying, hey, I really need you to own this and drive this. And I'm excited for you to lean into your talents here. But then the other aspect of it is um, seeing when somebody that you work with is maybe doubting themselves and being able to like call them up to who you know them to be and inspiring them in that way beyond just like a generic, you can do it. It's it's speaking mm -hmm. to like their core identity and, and calling that out of them that you see in them and all the potential that you see. So I thought that was another really great Santa moment. I, I will say that the Central Park scene you're talking about with Santa is is right around the time the movie started to fall apart for me. <laughs> um, I, I, I do agree. That moment was very nice. Um, but then <clears throat> at one point, the, the son, I, I forget what the kid's name is. Um, Michael. Michael. Michael yep. says, you know, hey, <laughs> we'll go get the news cameras and get them over here and we'll, they'll, they'll see that you're Santa and everyone will believe. And he goes... No, kid. Um, you know, it's not that they believe; it's that they see. Which I still, uh, I still think uh, that line was kind of uh, encapsulated better in the Santa Claus when he said, "When when Charlie, whose name I did remember because it's he's a great kid, um, says uh, <laughs> seeing isn't believing; believing is seeing." Um, you know, it's kind of same thing there. But um, he says, you know, they they don't need to see; they need to believe. Um, Plus the paparazzi has been after me for years or something. He says something kind of weird like that. Then the central park Rangers show up as like the four horsemen of the apocalypse. <laughs> and he goes, oh, the central park Rangers. Like he's scared. What did he do in New York? What is he? <laughs> he he's, the paparazzi are trying to get him in the central park Rangers. He was like genuinely scared. You like, you saw kind of like oh, the central park. What, what did Santa do? What did he do? Is this a that's in the prequel? That's Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Oh, <laughs> so Trey, are you are you disputing the the good leader, good guy? Is he a good leader, bad guy? Good leader, not no. sure guy. I think he's good leader, good guy, but he's okay. got some skeletons in his sleigh. Uh, um, <laughs> just carting him around with them. Yeah, there's something. It's not just not gifts in those sacks. Yeah, yeah, he's not telling us the whole the whole story. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I will stick with good leader, magical guy, good guy, um, uh, for now until there's a sequel explaining about his debaucherous night, um, in Times Square. <laughs> in no, in, in the park, apparently. I mean, it would yeah. have to be, cause why else would they be after him? You know, that is their realm that they yeah. rule over. So like, <laughs> what did he do in their park? I, I'll tell you, I've been in Central Park late at night. I, I lived in New York for a few years. You don't want to be in Central Park late. So <laughs> whatever he was doing, I mean, who, who knows? Who knows? Um, anyway, okay. Anything else on Santa before we move on to maybe maybe a bad leader, bad guy, or bad leader, good guy? I just think uh, that that moment at the end is also interesting in conversation with the rest of the film. 
So at the beginning, when when Buddy doesn't yet know that he is a human uh, and he's struggling with production, all of the other elves try to encourage him. But I feel like it's those like superficial strengths. And then you see that at the end, Santa actually is able to identify these things in him and to speak uh, a little bit deeper to him at the, at the core of who he, he is. So I, I just think that that's an mm. interesting contrast in like the shallow things to try and make somebody feel better as opposed to the deep things, if you can see those and pull them out of somebody. Very good. It, and that's by the okay. way, the, the, the elf that, uh, that tries to convince him that he's special, like the, he's like the head elf or I don't know if he's, he's like a Bernard. He's from the, the worst. Club. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> <Top thing. laughs> guys, I love the Santa Claus. Can we, can we just talk about that? Um, <laughs> next his, time. Uh, next year. <laughs> Next year, okay, yeah. Next holiday season, we'll do this one. Um, is is that the kid from a Christmas story? Oh no, am I wrong? Oh, I am have I right? No idea. He looks so much like the the kid, <laughs> the um, you know, like the narrator kid from a Christmas story. I could be keep, wrong. Keep talking, Trey, and I'm on IMDb, and we'll see okay. if I can find it. <laughs> so this kid, I think now he's like in he directs and and writes and stuff. He also was in the first Iron Man movie as the uh, guy that couldn't build the arc react. I don't know how, if y'all are Marvel-y. Um, I mean, I apologize if you're not, because this is real <laughs> bad. Um, you know, he's like, uh, Jeff Bridges is like, Tony Stark made this with a box of scraps. And then they bring him back like 12, 10 years later or something in, in this other role that I won't, I won't spoil if you haven't seen um, Spider-Man 2. But I think it's the same guy. It certainly looked like him. Uh, I don't know his name, though main kid from from christmas story oh god you got to pull it up because that's all i have on this <laughs> i'm out of things to say uh I, oh no wait i will say one more thing the scene where he's standing behind him he's or sorry he's standing behind him when the whatever that lead elf or whatever um manager elf let's call him that because he was definitely a manager not a leader mm -hmm. um when he's standing behind buddy and he's like looking kind of at him but like over his shoulder and they're doing some force perspective or some green screen stuff or something there it's it, i don't think it holds up like his eye contact is a little off and it kind of threw me for that entire scene he's like supposed to be looking at him but he's really looking at like the back of his head or maybe the i don't know it's a little weird you are talking about the the actor who played ralphie right yes yes he does play ming ming <gasps> in elf and he's uncredited he's uncredited <gasps> Mm -hmm. Okay, so then according you can to IMDb, I didn't look it up. That's very cool. All right, we'll go me. Uh, that's going to count as two bonus points for uh, Dylan, mine, and Dylan's uh, segment. Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, well, get out of here. Uh, we'll go to our scorekeeper for that at the end. Of the How did you make that connection? That's yeah. insane. He looks like him. It just looks like him. <laughs> looks like Ralphie. I mean, I see it now, but no part of my brain reacted to that. It was like, oh, I, I recognize the, this person. I was in the Christmas spirit. That's wild. Wait, so y'all don't y'all don't like it, uh, Ming Ming? Is that his name? <laughs> he's fine. He's he's not. Are we really talking about the same manager elf? The the one, yeah. I mean, I think the one that looked like Ralphie from A Christmas Story. Uh, Peter Billingsley. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So Dylan, you know him. Dylan. Well, no, no, no. I, I'm I'm now on. Dumb, this <laughs> also, I'm sorry. This is insane. Sidetrack. There is an elf fandom wiki. There's a wiki website just for Elf. Oh my so I am on Ming Ming's wiki page, which references oh he's played by Peter Billingsley. Boo. Um, yeah, so that's he's like he's like the manager Elf. He's the one that tries to convince Buddy that he's special. 
he asked him for the Etch-A-Sketch count and he's like, eh, not enough or whatever. But he's like, but you have other talents. You, and then they go into Yeah, the I thought he was bit. good. That's why I'm like, yeah, I thought he was like, he was trying to do his best with a, like, <laughs> okay, let's, let's, let's be now, fair. Hang on a minute, Dylan. Buddy. This goes against everything you've said in past episodes. This, Wait, why? Because <laughs> this is the, this is the underachiever that you're saying, you know, up or out kind of scenario. Like you got to either get better or you got to go. I think if you well, were that, if you were Ming Ming, if you were Dylan Ming, if you were Ding Ding, you would listen. have fired listen. Buddy a long time ago. Give me, yes, but give me some time with Ming Ming. I okay. don't see Santa around the workshop a lot, coaching and breathing life into Ming Ming and giving him direction. Okay, here's my um, problem with Ming Ming, though. Is oh, man, that we're getting deep he, on Ming Ming. He does some public shaming situation happening where he's, he's declaring to the entire, like, out loud to everyone who is listening. You're, like, blah, 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 behind pace. You only made 85 edge sketches a day, which I was like, yep. When there's a performance problem, we do mm. we don't announce it to the entire team, right? We do it one on one. We coach That's them. Fair. Yes. So that was oh, I have problem, more on I that think. very same point uh, with another <laughs> leader coming up. So I'm excited to talk about that. So so I, I I totally agree. Like that should have been a moment where he didn't have to read out how far behind he was on pace, but but he redirects, and so I I just take Ming Ming as like an inexperienced leader who's trying to make the best of a bad situation because unfortunately his boss's son is working for him um, um because like he redirects and he does help get like the rest of the team like inspired to like help chime in and talk about like the good things and he's trying to make the best of a bad situation and then he pulls in resources outside unfortunately but he overhears that's not great he should have been you know more careful in his choice mm -hmm. of location to talk about buddy being behind and like hey can you help me out but like he but had that's that the fault of an open floor plan office and not the exactly <laughs> this isn't Ming Ming's problem. Um, but he, he goes back and he like he, he finds like, hey, buddy's killing me. Can you please help me out? And, you know, he, he finds other resources because he's getting the mission done and trying to help a bad employee along. Yeah, I, I read him the same as you, Dylan. I, I don't think that he's a great leader in this movie, but I do think that he's trying and he just needs to be trained in, in how to, he needs to listen to the loop podcast. Honestly, it would probably help him out. Uh, so he <laughs> just needs more resources and, and training to be a, a good leader, but he is trying his best is how I read him. Ming Ming appreciates it, Sarah. I never thought if there was one character that we went this heavy on, <laughs> it would not have been Ming Ming, nor would I have known that with his name. Me neither. Yeah. Uh, also, Ming Ming is really fun to say. I know. I kind of just like saying Ming Ming. Um, so, so is is he? Are we? I, I'm like I'm kind of feeling new category. Meh, leader, good guy. <laughs> Meh, leader, good guy. Um, well, I think you have to say mid leader. Isn't that what kids say? He's mid. Um, I thought mid was like good. Do what? I thought mid was good in today speak. No, mid is mid. It's right there in the word. <laughs> you can't take anything at face value. Um, yeah, no, I guess I guess you're right. Mid leader, good guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, below average or low quality. Yeah, I guess he I guess he would be. Yeah, mid. Okay. God, Dylan, fast fingers on the Google machine today. Um, <laughs> Okay, so let's let's use the transition of um, the uh, praise in public, reprimand in private uh, to segue into. I did not get his name, um, but I didn't dig into the IMDb 
uh, for him. But it's our store manager. I believe if I had to reach into my my recesses of like 90s comedy or maybe early 2000s, I think it's Faison Love is 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 the guy's name. Yeah, Something Love for sure. You are correct. Okay. And he's, uh, he is listed wow. on IMDb as Gimbal's manager. Okay, cool. So he doesn't have a name. Okay. So Gimbal's manager, um, um, Faison Love, uh, <laughs> I went... I had a real journey with this guy when I, so I started with just, you know, first impressions. I, I had my, my bullet points of like each person as they came up, like what kind of leader they were. And I started with bad leader, good guy. And then he started to do some things and say some things. And I was like, I don't think maybe mid guy, maybe bad guy. Um, but the very first thing we see of him, um, buddy is holding up some lingerie. Um, and, uh, Gimbal's manager says um, he sees him and he thinks he's, you know, out of place. He shouldn't be there. He should be, you know, back in the store. And he he does reprimand him in public. Hey, what, you know, what are you doing over here? Get back. You know, you're not supposed to be here, whatever. But he does whisper. So I think that's I think that's <laughs> something. He's trying. Uh, mm-hmm. He is whispering at him. Um, so I think that's something. But um uh, yeah, I don't know. Then, then later you see him being—he's very par- paranoid about corporate sending in a professional. <laughs> which Dylan, did, did you clock that as? Dylan and I have talked about this for for years about like as soon as the consultant gets brought in and someone starts says, "All right, look, we're all doomed. They're gonna fire yes. us all." <laughs> like the, yes. whoever that person is that's worried about everything when when the helper gets there, yeah, some red flags there. One hundred percent. Yeah, I, I I definitely did pick up on that. It was like, oh, I've. I know you. <laughs> also, I'm sorry. I, I I regret ever discovering the elf wiki, oh, um, but the store manager's name is Wanda. Mm-hmm. Yep. What? Oh, it was it, it was originally supposed to be played by Wanda Sykes. Oh, and so oh. she didn't obviously, but they kept the name tag Wanda that he wears. He oh, so he's wearing a name tag that says Wanda. <laughs> Wanda. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, great. Well, Wanda, now we know what to call him. Any other thoughts on Wanda? <laughs> Don isn't here. It's yeah. fun to say, Ming Ming, but not not as fun to say. But but Wanda, we we can work with. Um, yeah, Wanda. I I was in. I think I know. No, I think I'm firmly in camp. Bad leader. Um, he had like one one speech at one point that I was like, oh, okay. Um, but, but I can't even remember it now and I didn't make note of it for some reason. So like everything I've got on him was just not, not great. The threaten for somebody coming in for his job. Yep. Um, oh, and what I love is cause you first meet him and he's like getting mad at buddy and then buddy's coming in and, and he's talking about his favorite stuff. And, uh, Wanda's like, make work your favorite works your new favorite. <laughs> like he's just, yeah. he's like, just get the work done. I want to go home. Um, I have so seen bosses like, like that. <laughs> I've definitely seen movies <laughs> like that. Yep. So I was just from me like, man, this guy like sucks. And then what really made him go from like, okay, this guy's just burnt out to like, okay, you're bad, was when the corporate thing comes up, I died. When he goes, let's remain a team. Yes. I jotted that down too. So it's like he felt threatened. If I go, now, we go. Yep. We, if yeah, I go, yeah, we yeah, all yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh, I forgot about that. You're right. Yeah, so it's like he didn't he didn't care about the team until he was threatened and wanted to use them as a protection. Yeah. Um, and I was like, yeah, no, you're you're nah. 
I was still on the fence with him at that point until and then he said six inch ribbon curls, honey. And I was like, Nope, you're done, son. <laughs> like <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't uh cotton to that. That's no good. I don't know. Any other thoughts on Wanda? <laughs> I think with him, I was just wondering what is the culture of that store? Yeah. Uh, and because I, I think, and this is just how my brain works too, is I'm, I, I see how somebody is reacting and I'm like, okay, what does that say about the culture more than just like you as an individual? And so that's really how I viewed him of like, okay, this is his busy season. He is stressed beyond belief. Like this is insane. And he probably has external pressures from his leadership that are making things worse. So he might not be a good leader, but then all of these things are exasperating that. So like who else in that organization has helped to create this like stress and fear culture mm -hmm. that I kind of read from him. So I just, I wanted to know more about the organization and like, okay, what organizational things are going on that are making you be this bad of a leader? Cause you could probably be better in a different circumstance. So I, I guess I saw him a little more I, I was trying to look for the good in him so as to not have to label him a bad leader. I have one little, little positive moment for Wanda, which is there's a very brief shot where after the whole debacle with the previous Santa that smelled like beef and cheese, he <laughs> becomes Santa. And so like he could have had mm. any of his employees yep. do that job, but he was willing to do something that was maybe not favorable for him and step in, fill a gap where it's needed. It was busy time for them. And so that's my one little, like one positive little, little mark for him. Um, but on I, the whole, probably bad leader, good guy. I took that note down too, although it was a very, it was a beard down, really just, you know, hat <laughs> yeah, off, <so> rough. <laughs> like, like really not trying, but he did step in for Santa. Uh, also, he tackled Santa, like to save mm -hmm. Buddy, who mm -hmm. he didn't, I mean, like, first of all, bold move, no matter who you're trying to help, if you tackle <laughs> Santa in front of children, bold move. Um, so he did that, which I was like, okay, okay. Um, but six inch ribbon curls, honey. Um, but he, he, he did step in for Santa at the end. Um, I thought, I thought that was nice. I'm, I'm still, I'm going to say bad leader, mid guy. I don't know. Oh, okay. Okay. Also I'm saying bad. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, I'm saying bad leader, good guy, but like, I really don't think I have a lot of evidence to make me say <laughs> good guy in the movie, funny but I feel like from nice-ish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, I think that's what it is, is like from the personality traits I pick up from him, I think I would have a blast with this guy, like getting a beer after work. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like I want to befriend Wanda. I just don't want to work with Wanda. Or under Wanda, yeah. 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 Also, you mentioned, uh, uh, Sarah, the rest of the organization. I It seems like the only two people that work for him are Buddy and Jovi. I saw a security guard at one point. Also, it seems like we are always in one corner of Gimbal's. I don't know how big that store is, but it seemed very... So I'd like to see the rest of the organization too, um, just to see who else reports to him. Um, seemed like a very... It was a skeleton crew. Yeah, which, I mean, if it is Christmas and you have a very, very small skeleton crew, yeah. that, I mean, that would stress anybody out. Sure. Still Very not true. an excuse for leading badly, but it can maybe help you understand him a little bit more. Okay. So 
I'm I'm gonna say we jump to maybe the easiest call. Um, uh, our dad, not our dad, um, <laughs> our movie's dad, Walter Hobbs. <laughs> I wrote down, um, mm-hmm. played by uh, the late great. I think maybe <gasps> at least the great. Yep. Yep. Uh, great. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, James Caan, who was, I think, good in this role. But uh, where do we stand on him as a a dad, a leader, a businessman, um, uh, uh, just a guy, a character? For 90% well, gonna... of the movie, bad leader, bad guy. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, but right. the Christmas spirit warms his cold heart, and maybe he has a redemptive arc here. I don't know. Dylan, you, you seem to have a thought. I don't know that he does, but yeah, we'll definitely get into oh. it. <laughs> Dylan, go ahead. You, you you seem to think he's a good leader, a great guy, is what I heard from your... Close. Close. Had us in the first half. Um, I would say good leader, bad guy. Tell me more. Oh, yeah. So, okay, 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 okay. So clearly makes a wrong decision at the start with like not like keeping the two pages in. But after having met his manager, I understand the pressures he was under to like churn the book out, get the thing done. It's about making the company like successful and reprinting two pages of one child's book isn't necessarily the way to do that. You know, clearly it was a mistake, bad call, but like that's the only real knock I have on him because his two storyboard editors, listen, he's not my style. He's a very authoritarian leader. But like his his storyboard dudes, like they clearly respect what he has to say. They come to him very willingly. He asks them to do things when they don't understand. Like when he's like, get a storyboard ready, and they sit down. He's like, you can't get a storyboard ready by sitting down. Like go, and they're like, oh yeah. And what do they do? They go and get a storyboard ready. It's like he clearly has some type of rapport and culture with his staff. His secretary. Yeah, yelling. See, his no. His culture is yelling, and being I don't, mad and mean. I don't think it's yelling. Yeah, he's mean. Okay, okay. His secretary, very like upbeat, positive relationship with him. She seems to kind of have like a jokey. Amy Sedaris, what a treasure. She's <laughs> phenomenal. Sorry, I love her. How do but... you know all these people? I um, like movies. So I, I, I think he is a a very authoritarian style leader, but I do think he is a good one. And those leaders are not for everybody, which I think why some people might categorize him as a bad leader. But he clearly gets things done. He clearly has a culture. And I think he he clearly proves that he can deliver um, uh, uh, results. Because um, I mean, post credits he obviously launches Elf with his own company and does all these things. So while it's a unique style that can be a little brash, I think I think he is a good leader. Wrong. Um, <laughs> Dan and Sarah, your thoughts. <laughs> Well, I think, Dylan, you're touching on something that I was thinking about when I was listening to your um, fictional leaders episode, which is that there's there's maybe a distinction bet- that I have in my mind around an effective leader versus a good leader. And I think yeah. good mm. leaders are effective, but they have another dimension to them, which is that they inspire, they empower others, they're empathetic, all this good stuff, right? Effective leaders will get stuff done, but might have some of those uh, dimensions that you're talking about, Dylan, which is that they lead with like fear, paranoia. Um, they lead with authority versus with like empathy and, and empowerment. And 
both in both cases, they might deliver results, but their means of doing that could be different. So I do think that he's an effective leader, but I think he doesn't exhibit any of the good leadership principles and traits that we love to celebrate or try and cultivate. You're talking so, about Dylan's hot take from the first episode that Gustavo Fring, arguably the villain from Breaking Bad, yes. is a good leader. <laughs> I assume. So, is that right? Actually, I haven't seen Breaking Bad, so I don't know that one. But uh, I think there was another uh, one that you were talking about where I was like, oh, interesting. Effective. Effective. Jen, you I have know. worked Breaking Bad. <laughs> it's on my list. So, so I want to I wanna wax philosophical here for a moment because mm-hmm. you, you make a great point, and it's something that Trey and I especially have, have talked about a lot. Um, uh, and I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with you, but let me, let me posit a question. Um, if a James Caan-type leader can, with that style, produce the same level of results, both in the short term and long term, as the traditional good leader, what's the difference? Yeah. And this was, I think I had this thought when you guys were talking about like, where's the role of fear in leadership or some, something along that line, if y'all recall. Yeah. And I I think that the cost is probably like the, the way that the human beings on your team mm-hmm. grow or don't grow, feel the like they can share and are safe and secure versus they feel like they just have mm. to get in line. So I think the, the, the results will be delivered, but then I think the cost is the, the people and how they feel and how they grow or don't grow and are either stifled or encouraged to kind of blossom. So the results might be delivered, but um, the human beings might be the cost. It's my thought. I, I think that's well worded. Yeah, I, I don't have a good rebuttal to that. That's all right. All right. So I'm, I'll, I'll revise and say mid leader <laughs> okay, on perfect. Walter. How about that? And good You've convinced guy? me. No, bad, bad guy. guy. Okay, good. I was gonna say he's on the naughty list. He's got he's got to be bad on one of them. <laughs> yeah, for this episode, we're calling them naughty guys and gals. <laughs> don't like this at all. <laughs> no, yeah, that probably doesn't. Never mind. Scratch that. Scratch that. <laughs> It's interesting because I would say he's probably bad leader, good guy, only because of what I perceive as a redemptive arc. But Trey, you seem to have other thoughts about his arc. Tell me more. I don't know what the arc was. So he he, <laughs> he sucked the whole movie. Although I will say um, he there was a part where like, OK, so bad example for his. I don't know if it was a bad example for his kid, but uh, uh, Michael, Michael, I believe we said um, when he's like, I'm going to go eat in the, in, or I'm going to go, you know, have dinner in, in the room or in my bedroom or whatever, our bedroom. Um, and he went to go look at old yearbook pictures of past flames, which, um, you know, you see some, some heart come out of him like, oh yeah, I remember and blah, blah, blah. Um, but he didn't really set a good example for his son who then was like, I also have, you know, homework to go do. So I'm going to, can I go eat in, in, in my bed? Um, so not, not really setting a good example, but you see, like I said, you see that heart, whatever, that's really it. Like for the rest of the movie, he's just like rolling his eyes and like, I don't want to deal with this guy. Who is this guy? I'm going to take him to the doctor so they can tell me he's crazy so I can have him committed, I guess was the end goal there. He, he, he just, he wasn't on board for any of it. Um, which I mean, listen, I get for guy shows up in an elf costume. Like I get, I get the, the pushback. Um, but he just, he didn't seem to, um, I don't know. There were no redeeming traits up, up top or very few. Um, and then 
at the end, which I guess this is when he had his, his big moment, um, his son, you know, barges into the, the, the meeting, the board meeting or the whatever meeting, um, and says, dad, we have to go help buddy. And he's like, Hey sport, I have to do this meeting instead. <laughs> and his son's like, no, you have to do this for me. And he's like, Oh, I do. I don't know why, but like the kid convinced him. He and the kid really haven't, didn't have any, I don't, I don't know if they had any scenes together in the whole movie. Like they, there was not this thing that had been set up. Maybe I missed it when we, maybe I mm. went to the bathroom or got something, got a, something out of the fridge during these crucial scenes that showed like this conflict that he had with him and his son. It was mostly just him and buddy. Um, but his son was like, no dad, you have to make time for me. And we hadn't really seen that laid that ground laid um, throughout the movie. So I was like, I, okay, I guess that won him over, but why? And then, so he, you know, he, he chooses his son over the meeting, classic, you know, uh, movie stuff there. Uh, and then he goes to help buddy and then he sees buddy and he's like, buddy, I was wrong. I love you. And I was like, what, what, what happened? What conversation did we not see on the way to see buddy <laughs> into the park? It just, it, it seemed like this movie was, was using a lot of shorthand of holiday movies past to like, just be like, you guys get it. Um, he, he's good now. Um, his, <laughs> his son cried a little bit or, you know, kind of like, you know, pulled on his, his, his sleeve and was like, come on, dad. And he's like, oh, Christmas magic. I get it. Let's go to the park. Oh, I love this, this weirdo. Um, it, it, it all just seemed very, very, uh, ham fit, just like boom, boom, boom. And now I'm, I'm. I'm won over by this, this guy in this elf, uh, uniform. Um, I, it just didn't feel earned. Like he didn't, I don't know. I, it, it felt very slapped together. Am I wrong? Did I miss some scenes? No, I, I had a similar thought. I, I, I thought that there would be more of an arc for Walter, uh, but it, it really did feel like they were just like, oh yeah, you you know where we're going. The yeah, Grinch is gonna it. grow a heart. And <laughs> yes, I, I yes. think that it's, it's effective and like we do get there because that's where we know that we're going. But I think the movie could have laid that foundation a little bit better. Um, I, I do think that he does get some credit for leaving that meeting, especially because throughout the movie, we've pretty much only seen him working and michael has even said like oh all he cares about is money all he cares about is the job he doesn't care mm. about me like he says that a few times throughout so I to think, someone else though right yes not to, not yeah, to yeah, yeah yeah so they they try to lay the groundwork i think they don't do it as convincingly as they could have uh yeah. but yeah i i had the same thought when i was watching again yeah I, I towards the end i was like listen i'm thrilled that this movie's an hour and a half I watched it before I drove over here. That's there was enough time between work and coming over <laughs> here that I because I was going to watch it last night. I instead watched a terrible football game. Um, but Ugh. because I looked, I was like, "Oh, it's on Hulu." Uh, brought to you by Etsy. I was very excited, and and then I saw it was an hour and you know twenty eight minutes or whatever, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I could probably knock this out on a lunch break or something." Um, and um, I feel like it could have used that extra 20 minutes to just fill in a little bit more of that, yeah. that story. I'm usually not one to complain over a short movie, but uh, I don't know. It felt, it felt like there were some chunks that are left on the cutting room floor, maybe. So I think from a movie perspective, y'all are like a hundred percent right. Um, I think from a leadership perspective, I, I think was a, a lot more generous in my viewpoint 
But I thought that, and, and that's kind of my, my penultimate example of a leader from this film is Buddy. So I'm excited to get into that. But that's what leadership is, is planting those little seeds and building those relationships and building that rapport and slowly convincing people of your view on things because people don't just naturally want to just take up change. Um, you know, we, we like comfort and normalcy. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of normally takes like a, a realization that things can't continue being the way they used to be. And then we have to go, okay, we're at a crossroads. We're doing this or we're doing this. And so for me, it was, he's been resisting buddy all this time. He's been resisting his family all this time and pouring himself into work. But all these little seeds are getting planted by Buddy throughout because he's seeing the love that Buddy is like pouring out, how much his family and other people around even in his office are like embracing Buddy and that excitement and Christmas spirit. And so finally, when his son like walks into that boardroom and is like, hey, Buddy needs help, he's still trying to be in default mode of like, no, work, work, work. But when it when it really becomes clear that this is a juncture of I'm choosing between my family or my boss who's yelling at me and he's like, well, I can't, like I, I, this, this, this can't work because I can't just abandon the family. He, he leans into those seeds that Buddy has planted throughout and goes, "This is the change. I've been wrong. I'm going." But, but it, it wasn't just a flip, right? I mean, it was all of that cultivation throughout the entire movie and all the relationships of, of everybody with Buddy and Walter experiencing that. But you don't, you don't see him experiencing that. You don't see him like. There's no scenes where he's like, oh, "Okay, I get it." <laughs> All right, he's a little crazy, but yeah, let me whatever. I mean, I guess he takes him to work, but even then, he's like, "Hey, can you read quieter, kid? Uh, or can you say Francisco more quietly?" Um, oh, he's a Grinch about it, but like he hears his secretary like welcoming Buddy into the office and talking about it. He hears his wife and Michael like talking about Buddy in a favorable way, in a favorable light. Um, and even though he's like super resistant to it, like Buddy packing him lunch. Like, you can't tell me that doesn't, like, touch his heart a little bit. <laughs> you know? I don't think I'm supposed to tell you. I think the movie's supposed to tell you that, and I don't think it did. <laughs> I'm being too... Okay, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you you enjoyed uh, Walter's little leadership arc, Dylan. I'm, I'm glad that that worked <laughs> Thank you. for you. Thank you. Because it, it did not work for me. But no. okay. it worked for you, and I think that's great. That's what's important. Yes. Absolutely. No, no, no. Somebody's got to be the odd man out. So I'm, I'm happy to play that one on, on Walter. I'm with you, Dylan. I think that he has a redemptive arc as well. Um, but my lens is maybe from the perspective of like his ability to take accountability for his choices. Um, at the beginning of the film, there's that scene, which is one of my bad examples of leadership moments is um, he basically like kind of cut corners to get the product shipped out faster. And when they don't print the last two pages and his boss comes storming in, he doesn't take accountability when he gets asked about it. He says, maybe there was something wrong with the printers, oh, right? Yeah. And then the boss is like, no, because every book is printed this way. And I just thought that was like a really great example of like, he knows what he did, but he's not willing to own up to his choices, <sighs> which is, you know, a pet peeve of mine with leaders, but 
he gets that redemptive arc because later he when he apologizes to buddy he takes accountability for the things that he said that he feels regretful for and so that felt like a nice one two of growth for him at least yeah i forgot about that yeah yeah, yeah him Wait, just no, i i definitely missed that i remember the the two pages missing scene he who who tries to blame it on the printers his boss his boss comes storming in with the books mm -hmm. and he pulls one out of his backpack and he's like what's going on this 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 is tanking the kids hate it because they don't know what happened to the puppy and the pigeon and he says it's it's a really like short line that he says but he says maybe there's something wrong with the printers and then the boss pulls out a second book and flips to those blank pages says nope it's not something wrong with the printers like what happened here so he tries okay. to weasel well, his way out which i was like mm. um that's how printers work um somebody who works with printers uh regularly uh printers don't just uh you know printers typically make the same mistake on every copy you send to it so I don't know. I got to This is another strike uh, for uh, Walter Hobbs. Bad leader, bad guy. Doesn't know how printers work. Uh, is his name Weasel? A... No, you said he tried to weasel his way. Yeah, yeah. he yeah. intentionally chose to not print those two pages at the beginning that of guy, the movie. Yeah. That actor. Oh, you guys are going to I'm going to keep doing this as long as I see opportunities. I'm pretty sure that that guy played the, the newspaper seller in the movie Newsies, which I'm a huge fan of, named Mr. Weisel. And they kept calling him Mr. Weasel. And he was like, it's Weisel. Like they kept making fun of him and calling him <laughs> Mr. Weasel. Um, so I just wanted to call that out since you said Weasel. Sarah, are you on that IMDb hunt? <laughs> Can we yeah, Dylan? I, just, Googling we get the, up, I just pulled up Newsies and I'm scrolling <laughs> through as quickly well, as I can. Walter's boss was Michael Lerner. Yep. Who is, who plays Weasel in Newsies. <gasps> yep. York. There you go, Trey. Again. Crazy. Two for two. Good yeah, job. Yeah, look at that. Trey, I'm really glad we don't have any type of competition on like naming actors <laughs> related in other movies because I would not <laughs> hold a candle to you. <laughs> yes. Um, he also was in Blank Check, another classic from... Uh, my oh, job. good for you. Oh, okay. All right. I'll, you know what? I'll stop. <laughs> Clearly, we're not having fun. The only one who's having fun with this. Okay. Um, no, that's not true. That's not true. Uh, can I add okay. one more strike against Walter before then, Please. Dylan, you can yeah. just say all the good things about Buddy. So my other strike against Walter is when uh, they they keep buddy home and that's clearly not a good option and so walter is talking with his wife emily about it and they're trying to find a solution to what do we do with buddy and then walter says well why don't you stay home and watch him and she so quickly comes back with no i have a board meeting or whatever yes. why don't you take him to work with you and i just i was like walter you jerk this woman yeah. has a whole career and you're just dismissing it <laughs> yeah. but she can stay home with your son from another woman who thinks he's an elf excuse you sir so that's just another big strike <laughs> for me against walter very good so bad yeah. leader bad guy yeah yeah, yeah I, I would say, guy. like, at the beginning, bad leader, bad guy. And then at the end, because he does go on an, a narrative journey, I would put him as a mid-leader, mid-guy, because we're not sure if he's going to become good or if he's going to revert back to his bad ways. Mm. So I'm going to put him neutral 
and then mm -hmm. we just see where he goes. I like that. Mm. Also, That's was fair. there were were there any consequences for him leaving that meeting? Like he's like anyway. The next day at work, it was business <laughs> as usual. I made a, a new story called Elf, right? Like. Well, no he made his own company oh, and the first okay. book oh, they different. launched was elf that's yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, okay i missed that part okay i was like what was he worried about um okay cool all right well, well, i was let's still talk not willing to sing at the end i was like come on yeah although i did that in a, in a training i was in yesterday i mouthed the watermelon if it turns out if you just if you say watermelon watermelon under your breath you just mouth it people what? think you're singing along yeah it's a trick mm -hmm. you can use well, that and I I do wonder if him like not singing at the end actually points to like something else going on inside because the the picture that he has <laughs> is of him with his Playing old flame guitar. and a guitar. So presumably he was more musical at one point in time. <sighs> so maybe that was something he needed to like get over and and it was healing his heart through music at the That's end. That's very and then generous. In the final scene, he's playing <laughs> piano again. So like. The music Whoa. and the Christmas oh, cheer. Oh, that is true. Yeah. <gasps> that is that's true. The arc. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that, wow. That's his arc. <laughs> Sarah. Mid major, mid guy, fabulous musician. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. By the way, did it? Wow. Did, did, did the movie say what happened to Buddy's mom other than she gave him up for adoption? And that James Conn's character, Walter, you said, date her at some point? Like, is she still with us, is what I'm getting at? Oh, she did. Yeah, okay. that's what I assume too. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Then that that's what I assumed as well. Yeah. So maybe let's Same. really let's add on to this this argument. Santa yeah. ran over her in Central Park. Oh my god. Ooh, Dylan, wow. And wow. the park ranger saw it, and so now they're after Santa. Ooh. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So she is, she is the... a skeleton in his sleigh. Oh, oh wow. wow. Is she the grandma that got run over by a reindeer? <gasps> oh. Mm -hmm. I mean, she was it. quite young, but I, I did like that. <laughs> oh, that's true. Maybe she was uh, a grandma at heart. Like, maybe she just really loved to mm. knit, and so it would still work. I buy this. Yeah. I love that, because I think I'm a grandpa at heart. Perfect. <laughs> Cranky. <laughs> we've, we've clearly gone off the rails, <laughs> which we that. never do on we this never podcast. Do that. Yeah. <laughs> I like that, though, a lot. Like, the, the wife or the girlfriend died. He said, I'm never singing again. I'm, I'm putting music away. And then um, he finds it again. He finds it through Christmas magic. Yeah, he and, needed therapy. I mean, it's like the Sound of funny. Music's narrative arc for <laughs> Captain Von Trapp, too. You guys can't hear the tears on the microphone, right? Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, I I think there's only one person left. Unless any, do we have any? Before we start uh, diving into Buddy, is there anybody else that we'd like to talk about? Miles Finch. That's Peter, Peter Dinklage. Um, I just, I, I, I don't have anything to say other than I love that this company has like a Michael Clayton, like fixer to come into their, like, <laughs> like to come in and like, I'll take care of this children's book situation. And the company's like, here's my book of, of great ideas. Um, I just love that idea of some like mafia cleanup guy style children's book. That is idea. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really make that connection. Yeah, I don't think I have much for, for Finch. Yeah. I just see him as an individual contributor, a grumpy individual contributor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, then let's uh, let's talk about Buddy, who I want to start by saying 
was named because he was wearing little buddy. What is it? Little 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 buddy diapers. Little buddy diapers. Yeah. So by just another stroke of fate, he could have been named Huggy or Pamper. Um, but for the <laughs> grace of Santa, um, do we get his name as Buddy? Um, so yeah, let's let's talk about him. Who wants to go first? Because I don't have anything good to say. No, I'm kidding. Um, I do have some problems, but we'll let's start positive, and then I'll come in and uh, spoil this all. Dylan, so do think, you want to share? Yeah, I would it. love to. Please. I don't know that I have a a ton a ton to say, but I I was enthralled with the idea that Buddy is the leader behind all of this change in a very non traditional way. I was kind of like drawing parallels to like Michael Scott in the Office of like they they don't really get anything done like they're not the ones saving the day necessarily well i guess he does at central park but like he he's not really accomplishing much he's not a super productive individual but what he does do is he he leads a wide group of people by building a culture through him being authentic and through him just loving unconditionally um like people know that he genuinely cares about them and they also know the broader vision that he cares about which is the christmas spirit and taking care of santa and making sure that everybody's happy and warm and welcome so like not only is he like loving people very intensely he is also constantly communicating his like mission and vision and so he just builds his culture that people get excited and get behind and that really is like probably the hardest thing to do about leadership it's much easier to be like here is task you get task done where are we at on task i asked you to get done you know like next it's it's the culture and the <laughs> self-replicating model of getting people behind it and holding each other accountable that like gets the whole thing just churning and buddy delivers on that the crowd goes mild <laughs> I, I just i don't want to I don't want to disagree yeah. so quickly. I don't know. Um, <laughs> me too. <laughs> do what? I, you say I need to or me too? No, I said me too. Yeah. I have some qualms with Buddy. But I'll I let others too. share first. There's only one others. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry. I also don't. I, I didn't see Buddy as, as oh, a no. leader. Um, but I I can see where you're yeah. coming from, though, Dylan. And I, sure. I love that you were able to, like, read so, that much into Buddy. Honestly, Buddy annoys the hell out of me. So sure. I, he sucks uh, so much. I struggled with him just a little bit. I think I'm a little oh, too no. cynical for Buddy. No, um, you are on the money. But uh, so I also have nothing good to say. So Trey or Jen, take it away. Go okay. Ahead, Deep breath. <gasps> yes. No. So, um, okay. So let's see, let me go through my notes here. Okay. He's wearing little buddy diapers. I said that, um, <laughs> I will. Okay. I'm going to start with the positive, the scene, and this is not leadership stuff. This is just stuff that made me laugh. Cause I'm trying, I'm like, I'm looking for any port in a storm at this point, <laughs> like just anything that is, uh, is redemptive quality. When he waves at the guy who's hailing a cab, I literally, I laughed out loud. I think that is maybe one of the funniest gags in the entire movie. The guy's like trying to hail a cab and he's just like, hi, hi. Um, very, very funny. Um, the scene where he's eating gum off of the subway railing is absolutely disgusting. I don't care how many times I see it. I want to know how they filmed that and faked it. Because even if it's 
I had that thought too. Yeah. Like <laughs> even if you if you disinfected, <laughs> they make this good. It's, more hygienic just, for him. <laughs> it's it, I just don't know how you would make that. No. Uh, uh, I don't know. Palatable. Just jump in real quick as you're talking about that because I was so fascinated. I was looking up like fun facts about the movie while watching it. Yeah. I don't know about the gum scene, but the the shots in New York were actually like filmed live and they didn't like shut down streets for it. He actually caused multiple traffic accidents uh, when walking through the, the, the tunnel or whatever because people were like slamming on their brakes to like check out this elf walking down the highway. And he's like hopping across the street. Like he actually was like legit just in New York. So I think the yeah. dude he was waving to was just a dude trying to hail a cat. I would love that. Although they must have been tourists because that is by by far not a crazy thing at all to see uh, in New York. I will say there was a scene that I clocked where he I think it's he's 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 following Michael after school. But right before they get into the snowball fight, I think. Um, and there is a guy who clearly is accidentally on film like he. Uh, if you go back to that scene, <laughs> they're walking down the street and there's a guy that's coming up from like a little, um, like a basement apartment type thing. Like he's kind of like down a few feet and, and he, he looks at the camera and goes, whoop, and like realizes I'm not supposed to be here and turns around and just kind of like faces the wall. Um, so that was funny. So yeah, I, I, I'm not surprised to hear that, that they didn't, uh, shut any streets down or anything. Um, I think what where it started to annoy me the most. So it, at first they try to build this, like he has this childlike wonder and he's just a, uh, you know, a, a child, you know, fish out of water thing. He's in, he's in the real world now. He's away from the, um, the North pole with its claymation, you know, Rankin and Bass, uh, uh, you know, uh, animals and then the narwhal, which we have to at least address the narwhal of, <laughs> Hi, buddy. Hope you find your dad. Very funny. That so is, good. That is my favorite line in this movie. Is <laughs> it's it's a classic. It gets every time. Thank you. For it's so good. It's so good. Um, so he leaves that and he goes to New York City, and then it's like he he doesn't know how to handle everything, but he didn't act like that at all in at the North Pole. Like he, he and 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 you'd be like. Yeah, but that's because he's surrounded by elves. But they didn't act like that. They acted like, yeah, we, we're excited and we have our, but they were like, oh my God, you know? And so <laughs> when he was like that at everything, it wore on me real quickly. And I think the scene that really pushed me over the edge was in the doctor's office where he can't sit still. And he's like, what is this? I'm eating cotton balls. Who are you? What's, ooh, that's cold. And he's just, he's just everything that happens. He's sensory overload. Every little thing that happens, he's commenting on and twitching and, and, um, and I don't, I have a theory. There are people that I feel like either love this movie or, or hate this movie. I mean, there's obviously people in the middle. And then there are also people that are like, oh yeah, yeah, Will Ferrell. And then there are people that hate Will Ferrell. <laughs> I think the people that hate Will Ferrell hate Will Ferrell because of this movie, because he's not this animated in every other movie he is intolerable he is just like he's not listening to anybody i think he's selfish he's he, there's a line where sorry guys am i going on too long um no, pop off. there's a, a line where they where the son says let me find it he says buddy cares about everybody you only care about yourself does buddy care about everybody i don't think he does i think he cares about christmas and his selfish impulses of like i'm gonna go do this now and I'm going to, do you have syrup? I'm going to pour it on my spaghetti. Um, 
I, I don't know that he, he shows that he cares about people so much as he, I think he's hot for uh, Jovi for sure, but I don't think he shows that he like cares about people so much as he cares about just Christmas, which is, you know, it's a very nice sentiment, but at what cost? Now, hang on a minute. Yeah. Because Buddy, he writes on his Etch-A-Sketch and plans out schedules for the day of things he's going to do with his people. He packs lunch for people. He made custom furniture for his mom. By tearing down other furniture. He, but, but like, but he was trying to do his best. Um, he, uh, wants to like talk to Michael and like hang out with Michael and he like supports him in his snowball fight. But he does a lot of stuff for people. Yes, he has but a, only like, to further his narrative that they should all be Christmas people. <laughs> because he has a vision and he's trying to lead them towards being better Christmas people. It's not a good vision. It's a bad vision. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for this debate. Hey, hey, you can you can lead a cult and be a good leader of a cult. If they mm-hmm. had shown, listen, if they had shown all of the, listen, you listen to me. <laughs> if they had shown <laughs> the rest of the elves acting like that at the North Pole, I'd be like, okay. Uh, my theory is he was intolerable there. He was on their nerves. And they're like, you got to go, bud. You got to get out of here. You got to go <laughs> find your dad or something. Um, and just, you got to go. Um, but they didn't. And he, do- and he doesn't even have like childlike wonder. He just has like childhood. He's like an eight-year-old. Like, you know how kids, they're cute. And then at a certain <laughs> point, they turn seven or eight. And they're just like, and you're just like, I don't know, man. I don't know why that is or what, you know, they're like, what is this? Where does this come from? Where how did you do this? Where'd you get that? How much did that cost? And you're just like, man, I don't know, but I'm, I'm, I got to get out of here. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? Um, yeah. I feel like he, so, he's yeah. stuck in that range. Yeah. Maybe he, because he is, he went through all of this journey to get to New York. He's in this scary place. So he's dealing with some like internal trauma stuff. He's dealing with big feelings that he's not sure how to deal with. He has reverted uh-huh. back to being an annoying eight-year-old. And that's what we get to see in New York. Yes, 100% that. Because Trey, if you grew up in a village, because that's what the North Pole is. There's like three huts and everybody knows each other. And that was his 20 years of life or whatever. And you huts? go from that... Okay. To huts, and you go Cottages. from that to to uh, uh, walking into New York with no concept of like the human world. Really, I would be sensory overload to the max, and probably would be like freaking out, ping ponging around. No, I'm I'm with my man. Justice for Buddy. Um, Sarah, I just want to say it was a nice try. Um, I hey, appreciate. I'm, just, I'm trying to like offer up <laughs> options. Take what you want, leave all the rest. It's all good. Yeah. Um, no, you're 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 doing what I think this movie begs you to do, and that's create a narrative that isn't there, and say, <laughs> you know what? I, here's what I here's what I bet it is. Uh, you know what? I bet, I bet that uh, the dad actually is good, and we just he heard them saying that, and so. Um, I don't know. He just, he's, he's insufferable. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't, I can't be, somebody bring me back. I, I've gone too far <laughs> negative. I'm depressed. <laughs> well, Buddy wasn't anywhere on my notes at all. <laughs> so that's telling. <laughs> Didn't even register. <laughs> yeah, he's just, he's so, so animated. But I, as you were sharing, I think that he, from a leadership principle perspective, 
maybe does the like toxic positivity thing. When I heard this phrase, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so indicative and descriptive mm. for what I have often experienced in the workplace, which is this sense of like, we're going to be okay. It's all going to be great. We can do this. Da, da, da. And sometimes we just need to make space for like non-positive emotions and hold space for people and acknowledge like things are hard. This is difficult. We will figure it out together. But like I see you and this is this is not all like rainbows and butterflies all the time. And I think that like toxic positivity wears on employees in the same way that Buddy's like constant energy positivity probably weighed on you as well, Trey. But yeah. there, there's only so much that we can handle of like, we can do this. This is amazing. We're an exciting time, you know, just too much sometimes. I, yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. Toxic positivity. I feel it. All right. So Dylan, you're, okay. you are the odd man out again. No on, kidding. On buddy. Walter, so sorry buddy. Your bubble. <laughs> so Dylan, That's would you say right. he's good guy, good leader in your books? I would. Okay. Okay. Trey, bad uh, leader, bad guy. I don't know that he's he's definitely not a bad guy. I think he's a good guy, but like insufferable annoyingly guy. good. Like 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 NutraSweet. Like just like ugh, like sacri I, I just it's too much. Insufferable, good guy at heart. I I'm sure he thinks he's coming from a good place. Um I don't see it. Um but I'll give him a good guy cuz he's a, you know, the hero of the movie, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, bad leader is the worst. He would be a great cult leader, though. Whoever yeah. mentioned that earlier, that is his uh, yes. calling. I will say... Sarah? Bad leader yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Um, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> annoying guy. <laughs> bad leader. No, I would, do, I would do good guy, bad leader. Because I don't... I, I hear what you're saying, Dylan, about his leadership and changing hearts and minds. And that's beautiful. I did not see it that way. I just saw it as this crazy dude being crazy mm -hmm. and annoying for an hour and a half. And shoving yep. it down everybody's throats. Mm -hmm. yep. Yes. It was too much for me. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the biggest point is that nobody, he wasn't like, hey, what do you think about Christmas? He was just like, you should love Christmas. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, Anyway, um, I, I, what I was going to say is um, I, I will say one note that I did see was that originally, I don't know if it's originally, but it, maybe at one point or something, Jim Carrey was yes. slated to play Buddy. Oh. Now, I do like Will Ferrell. Like, I'm a Will Ferrell fan. I think I'm in the, you know, Will Ferrell is very funny camp. But I do think what Jim Carrey would have brought to it um, is more heart, which I just don't think we saw from... I just don't think we saw from Will Ferrell. Uh, I think Jim Carrey's a better actor. Um, and I think maybe he would have also, he has maybe a little more sway with like writers and directors. And he'd be like, Hey, should we, Hey, that 20 minutes that we cut, um, where we find out everything about everyone that is lost. Uh, maybe we should include that kind of stuff, but I think he might've been a better elf, but then he's, he went to go be the Grinch, which probably better for all of us. <laughs> The cinematic universe of like comedians playing Christmas characters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. All right. Any any other? I think we covered all of the potential or maybe not not so potential leaders. Um, <laughs> any other notes on just the film itself? Because I have a few more 
But is there anything else we need to talk about? Any other scenes or, or, or moments? I'm intrigued to see what's on your list. That's not great. I mean, it's every, obviously we haven't covered it yet. So it's, it's just like the, uh, it's the, uh, the, collection the of fun things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how, so at the beginning, first of all, I wrote that the new line cinema intro with the snow and the, like the little jingly bells. Um, I liked that. <laughs> that's, that's my full note. I liked it. So you can see <laughs> that at the beginning of this movie, guys, I was on board. I was really ready <laughs> to love this. And then, uh, you know, just, uh, it just took, uh, time to, to wear me down. Um, you went from, I liked that to this guy is insufferable. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I didn't start too high, I guess. I liked that. Um, <laughs> Uh, I want to know how the baby snuck into Santa's bag because he knows when you're awake. So he should have known that that baby was not asleep in the crib and, oh my gosh. and figured out that uh, he was in his bag. That's fine. Um, I didn't even think of the song. What a connection. <laughs> you and Sarah watch movies very similarly is what I'm gathering. <laughs> really? We sound like smart people. Um <laughs> <laughs> the, the jail scene. Uh, I love a classic, uh, 40 guys in a jail cell uh, scene that was like classic in the nineties when he's like sitting on a, on the bench in the back and people are doing pull-ups right in front of him. There's a guy playing cards by himself. I don't know where he got the deck of cards or the card table, um, but he was just playing cards in the middle mm -hmm. of the and jail there's, cell. There's a no spitting, no smoking sign. Yeah. And there's somebody smoking in the jail cell too. <laughs> smoking in the jail cell was uh, a, another uh, classic, uh, yeah, uh, thing you'd, not a you'd habit, you know. No jail cell is complete without somebody smoking in there when they're not supposed to be. <laughs> well, I just thought if the guy's playing cards by himself, he wouldn't be doing that in a group jail cell. He'd be doing that in solitary confinement. <gasps> mm -hmm. You went yep. there. It was good. Yep, that's the reaction it deserved. Um, <laughs> no, you guys were correct. The movie I want to watch is like the 24 hours of Buddy with all of these like gritty men in this jail cell. That would be yes. thrilling. You know? Yes, show us that. Yes. <laughs> Give us an Ernest goes to prison, but Buddy goes yes. to prison. Yes. Oh my gosh. To jail, I guess. Prisons may be a little much. <laughs> um, and then my last note, other than, I think we covered everything on the leaders list, um, is that the kid is like, uh, at the end when in, in Central Park, when again, the movie kind of really fell apart for me. Um, when he's like, go get the news cameras. And they're like, no, you know, it's, they can't, uh, they don't need to see, they need to believe. Um, and then the kid takes the Santa's list and just shows it to the world and reads it. I'm like, well, that's just as bad. Like in the Santa world of logic of like, they don't need to see what's going on. They just need to believe it. I mean, the list is pretty good evidence and Santa was okay with that. I feel like Santa should just, I mean, step like we would have all believed. You want to get us all to believe and fill your sleigh up. Show yourself, Santa, you coward. Um, <laughs> that's okay. it. That's <laughs> so, so maybe that, that does reinforce our Santa did something in Central Park, mm -hmm. and that's why he doesn't want to be filmed. He's That's 100%. He's like, yeah. uh, no, um, uh, they have to believe, uh, and they're going to recognize me from my mugshot. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. He also needs some better, like, PII privacy, data privacy laws in place here because everyone's <laughs> oh dirty laundry is getting aired. <laughs> no so kidding. True. 
but also classic move of like, and Timmy wants this, and yeah. Lisa wants this, and then uh, what was the the guy in the bar? <laughs> or like, oh, wants like a foot spa or something. Ah, <laughs> uh, great, classic. Uh, okay. It was like what weirdo. Um, yeah, but you know he loves Christmas magic as well. He believes. Why can't I? Um, I think that's all I have, guys. I'm ending on a cynical note. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> no, no. You need to do, more, you need do the... more singing, Trey. <laughs> yeah, let's all sing, okay. And a one. And a two. No. Uh, no uh, uh, Dylan, bring bring some positive leadership light to this. Um, uh, give us some non-toxic uh, positivity. My, my, my... <laughs> Uh, uh, my positive leadership spin of this is I'm so appreciative of Sarah and Jen joining for this. I think we've gotten a lot out of the conversation yes. and it's been very um, entertaining. Uh, I think they've helped keep us on topic a little bit more than maybe usual. Um, yeah, I, I think this I think this has been been a good, good uh, Christmas special. Yeah, this is really fun. I will never watch this movie the same way ever again. This is great. Yeah, you all ruined it for me. Santa's, yeah. (laughs) Well, and I I feel like I have also learned a lot about Mm -hmm. Dylan and Trey as well. So now I know how Dylan feels about authoritarian leaders, you know, and how much he loves Buddy the Elf. It's (laughs) very different types of leadership, and yet he loves them both. So this this has been illuminating. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, for more on that, listen to our episode on how Dylan likes to be led. Um, <laughs> maybe ain't the whole picture. Um, Speaking of plugs, Sarah, Jen, how can people find out more about you? Yeah. Yeah, you can um, look us up on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all of your regular podcasting platforms. And then we're also on Instagram and Twitter at Movies and Us Pod. And our, our, our podcast title is um, Movies and Us. Yeah, check us out. It's phenomenal. They've got several good episodes. I personally have enjoyed mm-hmm. the uh, 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 Blood and Honey. Uh, I'm sure that's probably not maybe the movie that you, you, y'all you wanted finest. to plug. But uh, um, they, they cover a very, very broad range. Um, that it's great. Y'all should definitely check them out. Mm-hmm. You'll hear some of Dylan's perspectives as of late on some of our recent episodes. And it sounds like Trey, you've got movie opinions that we love to hear. So love to collab more. It'd be great. Yeah. Love them or hate them guys. Thank you all so much uh, for doing this. That was a lot of fun. Um, and I, I promise I'll try to get into the Christmas spirit uh, between now and the actual holiday, but yeah, thank you guys so much. That was, that was awesome. And I hope we get to do this again soon. Cause that was great. Thank you for having us. All right. I guess until next time, uh, uh, Dylan, we're going to plug our stuff. I feel like let's just give them, give them the, the spotlight and right off into the Christmas sunset. Or, or do you know? I, I would love it. <laughs> let's ride off in the sleigh. Oh, very nice. Ding, ching, 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 ching. Um, all right. For, for all of us here uh, uh, today, uh, uh, stay in the loop. <laughs>